Has God ever gone silent in your life? He spoke the universe into being. The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. His voice resounds through all eternity. So why is it sometimes so hard for us to hear? Why is the silence of God at times so very deafening? Of course, it's not just God. We human beings do and say all sorts of hurtful things to one another, but one of the worst of them all is the silent treatment. The cold shoulder, the blank stare. A marriage might be on the rocks when husband and wife tear into one another with their words in one strained argument after another, but it is not until the fighting gives way to silence that the end is near. You've been there. In a bad place, desperately clinging to every word you can get, even if the words are hurtful. Words can sting and lash and tear us down. But what is far worse is when someone does not care enough about us to say anything at all. And so it becomes easy for us to doubt whether God cares about us when we cannot hear his voice when we find ourselves condemned to the silence of a house once filled with laughter and joy, gone deathly quiet, lying each night next to the cold, unoccupied spot in the bed, emptied by death or divorce, when the silent scream of our aching heart, torn asunder by our own sin and brokenness, seems to go unanswered, when we suffer and cry and call out for help, and all we get in response is, Nothing. Nothing but cold indifference. With the psalmist, we might shout into the darkness of the night, Awake! Why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. But how often are we ourselves silent toward him? How often are we silent about him? How often do we fail to come to him in prayer? How often have we sat in silence as Jesus is mocked? How often have we neglected to speak the hope of Christ to a friend or a neighbor out of fear or apathy? Because we know we deserve it. The silence of God can feel like damnation. And yet perhaps there is a certain mercy in God withholding his voice from us. At Mount Sinai, the people of God saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, and they were afraid and trembled, and they stood far off. And they said to Moses, If we hear the voice of the Lord our God any more, we shall die. For who is there of all flesh that has heard the voice of the living God speaking out of the midst of fire as we have and has still lived? Here tonight, we are rightly afraid and tremble and stand far off. Though it is not Mount Sinai we reverence, but Mount Calvary. And we see that here, on this holy mountain, it was the silence of God that saved us. 
Here at St. Lawrence on Good Friday afternoon, we have our annual Treor service where we focus on the seven words of Jesus from the cross. And it is right to do so. Those seven short phrases of Jesus speak God's love to us more than all the books in the world. But tonight, we meditate not on the words of Jesus, but on his silence. Long ago, the prophet Isaiah had written, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Surely he was led like a lamb to the slaughter, seized in the Garden of Gethsemane, and led before the chief priests and the whole council who sought false testimony against Jesus. And when they were finally able to find a charge that might stick, the high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus remained silent. If you were threatened with death and simply speaking the truth would save you, what would you do? Even if it were not the truth, how quickly would we speak up to save ourselves? But Jesus remained silent. He was determined not to save himself because he was determined to save you. So he was given over to mocking and spitting and blows. They covered his face and struck him and said, prophesy to us, you Christ, who is it that struck you? And though Jesus knew very well the hands that landed each individual stroke, though he knew intimately the deepest hopes and fears of every man who assaulted him, He said nothing. Meekly and quietly, he withstood their unholy contempt. His response to their derision, to our derision, was silence. And so they led him to Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, the man vested with an authority to make every resident of Judea tremble with fear, the man with the power of life and of death in his battle-hardened hands, and they accused Jesus of a capital offense. And Pilate, the arbiter of Roman justice, said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? He heard. But he would not let his own voice be heard in his defense. Jesus did not protest a single charge against himself because he was willingly taking every single charge against us upon himself. Jesus made no further answer so that Pilate was amazed. Pilate had seen countless criminals beg for mercy and plead for their lives, saying anything and everything they could to rescue themselves from death. But here, this man, this innocent man, would open not his mouth. Stunned and perplexed, Pilate, hearing that Jesus was a Galilean, sent him over to King Herod. The same King Herod whose father had tried to kill Jesus at his birth. The same King Herod who had murdered Jesus' relative, John the Baptist. And now the same King Herod who had heard so very much about Jesus now wants to hear from Jesus. So he questioned him at some length. But he made no answer. 
the reward for his silence. Herod with his soldiers treated him with contempt and mocked him. Then arraying him in splendid clothing, he sent him back to Pilate. Imagine Pilate's surprise and distress when our silent Savior showed up once again at his headquarters. Taking Jesus inside privately, he said to him, Where are you from? A question to which some had assumed the answer, which so very many more had been wondering about Jesus for a long time. But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? And Jesus' only answer to Pilate was that his authority came from another, another who had sent this heavenly king to come and die for his people. Repeatedly, Pilate proclaimed the innocence of this king before him. But in the end, he washed his hands and handed Jesus over to them to be crucified. The mockery continued. The crown of thorns was pressed into his head. A reed was given him as a mock scepter and then used to strike him and drive the thorns deeper still. And then our Lord, like a lamb, was led to the slaughter. Up the Via Dolorosa to the place of the skull. There he was crucified and they divided his garments among themselves. And the robbers crucified with him and the passers-by and the chief priests, scribes, and elders mocked him, derided him, wagged their heads at him, and cruelly reviled him. And through it all, his response to the jeering and the torture and the humiliation was silence. He did not lash out. He did not repay evil with evil. He did nothing but forgive them and die for them. For us. Time and again, Jesus had refused to speak when it would have meant his release. But now, the end has come. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. His work accomplished, Jesus breaks his silence, and with it, the powers of death and hell. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Tonight, Jesus has committed his spirit into the hands of the Father. He has been heard. And in three days, that Father will save him from death and us along with him. The silence of God has saved you. It has shouted down the power of sin and death over you forever. And so tonight, as we leave here in silence, may our hearts say with the psalmist, let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people to his saints. Tonight, allow the silence of Jesus to be joined by yours. And let the loud voice with which he gave up his spirit pierce the silent apathy of your sinful heart. Let it speak to you when you cannot seem to hear God in any other way.
and there. The silence of your soul. Hear him say, it is finished. No more need be said. In Jesus' name, amen.